Hello there, welcome again to Let's Talk Tottenham. We're finally a clean sheet away from home against Watford, but one of the most boring matches I think I've ever watched in recent memory. Uh, match of the day said there were 32 shots or attempts at goal. I, I have no idea what game they were watching, only seven were on target, but like, I have no idea what game they were watching there because I can't remember that many. It was just had nil-nil written all over it, but we did get a clean sheet, I guess. Um, yes. Other than that, there's not really any reasons to be cheerful about that game. Uh, talk about that and a few other things. Uh, so let's talk Tottenham. So I think the evidence on this game was a desperate need for a striker playing Sun and Moore up top, like. As well as they did uh, under Pochettino, they're not strikers. And the way that Mourinho plays, we need a striker. So I'm very interested to know what, what people think on who we should go and get, who, who is realistic, you know. I mean, they're going to be playing until April, maybe even longer. But as soon as Kane is back and fit, he will be in the team. Whether Mourinho will change that to two up top, I don't know. But I'll be very interested to know who people think we should get. Uh, so, uh, you know, L -talk, at L Talk Tottenham. Uh, that's the Twitter handle, so tweet me your questions there. Um, but, you know, I'll start off by going over the positives. So it was a finally an away clean sheet uh, in the Premier League. And that's all the positives done. Let's move on to the negatives. So like I said, it's a desperate need for a striker. Um, it just didn't stick up there at all. I thought... I don't like to tempt fate, so I don't like to say these things during the game. But after the game, in hindsight, it was it had nil-nil written all over it because both teams didn't really do anything. Uh, but obviously, during the game, I don't say things like that because you say things like it's got nil-nil written all over it, you'll end up being one-nil down within two minutes. But I don't think Watford did enough. Um, but I, I suppose nil-nil away to Watford, the way that they're playing, the way that we're defending, was a fairly good result considering. But... We're trying to go for top four, so away to Watford, nil-nil, isn't a good enough result, I'm afraid. If you're trying to finish in the top ten, nil-nil away to Watford is a good result. But for us, we need to be winning that. And it's the kind of game that under Pochettino, when we were playing well, we were winning. Uh, but it seemed to me that Watford were defending so narrow the entire game, and yet we tried to play through the middle, where all their players were. But... Like, it's the best opening to a game that we've had that I can remember for the first couple of minutes. Like we kept the ball, had lots of space wide, and we were playing it wide. Some was getting a lot of joy, but again, it was too slow. I mean, that's the story of our like last five years, isn't it? Certainly in the first half, it was too slow. He gets the ball and he should be taking the person on one on one. Instead, he controls it, and then what Watford did quite well, I thought, in wide areas was as soon as someone like Sun got the ball and Mora when he drifted wide. Uh, they crowded them. They crowded them out. So Sun was one-on-one. -on -one. He had a chance to be one-on-one -on -one and take him on. Uh, but he controlled it, dillied for a couple of seconds too long. And then within space of those seconds, Watford had two people around him and he had to go backwards or sideways. I mean, that's not how he usually plays. He's usually explosive and looks to take people on at any given opportunity. But certainly in the first couple of minutes, he was getting a lot of space on that left side and the ball was being pinged over quite well to him. Uh, but then we saw what, what the danger of, of, of playing that way, an expansive way, is Delefeo gets the ball and he's able to run 50 yards, which is, again, it's criminal. Luckily for us, he was off balance and put it wide. But that was a warning. 
And you thought then that maybe, okay, this game might open up and it might be quite entertaining, and then it just petered out. But first 15 minutes, I thought we had a lot of good passing and possession, good possession. We didn't do anything with it. We had a couple of half chances, which were really tame efforts. I think Sun had one. Um, yeah, we looked like we, we were controlling the game, and then all of a sudden, after 20 minutes, we just let them back in. Like, I didn't really see what for doing too much different, except we just sat off. Uh, the Tanganga yellow card was a yellow card. It was a little harsh. He hardly touched him, but you know, players do go down. We have players who go down, so I'm not saying that it's everyone other than us, not by any stretch. Um, but you know, he, he, he misjudged the flight of the ball. He was unlucky that the header, he did get a head to it, went straight into the guy's chest and was able to control it. Uh, I think that was Saar who caused him problems all afternoon, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but yeah, so he got a yellow card for that, and then, but you know, that the Kapu challenge on him, I don't think it was a red card. I think it was just mistimed, just mistimed. But match of the day saying it wasn't even a yellow card or anything like that—absolute nonsense. But like, I mean, Ian Wright's there; he's he's pro Arsenal anyway, so you expect that from him. But Lineker and Shearer just. They don't want to put their neck on the line now, unless it's Liverpool, and then Liverpool can't do any wrong. But anyway, we mentioned that last week. But yeah, it wasn't a red card, I don't think, but it should certainly have been a yellow. Uh, it was dangerous play, whichever way you look at it. The, the referee that they have in the studio on BT saying it was a red card. Mm, I'm not sure about that. I, it wasn't massively dangerous play, and it was just mistimed. I mean... You've probably seen less of a challenge given a red card in, in this day and age. But I thought it should have been a yellow, but to not get anything was ridiculous. You think he's going over the referee to look at VAR and he's just getting his microphone checked. I mean, all this technology, absolute shambles, and that takes four minutes. Absolute ridiculous. But I, I, I thought it should have been a yellow, and then obviously he makes a challenge, I can't remember who on, which was a, a dead cert yellow a couple of minutes later, and that should have been his marching orders. But I think I think his uh, challenge was when we were going forward. So, but if he had got the yellow card for the Tanganga tackle, he wouldn't have made that challenge, and we maybe would have been able to do something with it. But yeah, I, I thought that was poor by the referee and VAR or whoever the hell is running these things these days, Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck. I don't know. So it's not anyone who knows anything about football. That's for certain. But that's been done to death, VAR, and how badly it's been implemented. So I won't go into that. Uh, Mora, he, he, he caused a good save by Ann Foster, the alley through ball, which Moore went on to. Uh, Foster did really well coming out quickly. That's good goalkeeping, that. But that was about the only time that Moore, I can remember, was in the game. Um, and, and the only time that Ali made a pass. Um, it's worth mentioning as well, Moore, that the penalty decision that we querying in the first minute again I'm I'm not sure on that one it's been it's literally closer than my head is to my feet um it's like point blank range more of us tried to flick it over him good skill there and it's accidentally hit his hand it was out to the side a little bit but he didn't move it out to the side when more flicked it so I'm not sure about that I, I think I think it's one of those, if it was given, Watford couldn't really complain. If it wasn't given, we can't really complain. But you can you can see 
both sides of the argument on both decisions. I think if it had happened 60 minutes in, that would have been very interesting. I think first minute in, the referees don't tend to like giving red cards or, or penalties unless they're absolutely blatant uh, that early in a game. So if it had happened uh, an hour later, it would have been interesting. Um, and, and certainly for the game, it would have livened the game up and made it a bit more interesting. Like it, that game was crying out for someone to score a goal to like change the dynamic of the game and, and both sets of strikers and forward plays just weren't up to the races on that one. Uh, but more were not really in the game at all. Um, played that way against Liverpool, who was up against Van Dijk trying to win headers. Like Absolutely ridiculous tactics there. It's never going to work. He's got a good leap, Mora, but he is about five foot standing. So even his leap is going to not going to be anywhere near what Van Dijk's leap can be. And again, in this game, he was against their defenders that he didn't really have any change from them like in terms of headers, but we keep playing it up top to it. Like, I mean, that's the Mourinho way, but if, if that's your way, get Levy to buy you a striker who can adopt to that, that style of play. Even even Levente, which I'll talk about in a, in a bit later on, probably in the second half, wouldn't be a bad option there. But someone who can hold it up, like Kane can't do that, but that's not his game. His game is, is, is running the channels and just basically getting a chance and scoring. But, yeah. Uh, Son had a chance, should have done better. Well, I think he put it wide or just peated out into the goalkeeper's hands. Uh, Dini had a free header. Uh, I mean, that was quite worrying. I mean, he was in acres of space. It was luckily a very tame header, which wasn't even any trouble for Gazaniga, but it should have been. It, he should have at least made Gazaniga make a good save. Um, and it was just too easy again to get the cross in. Um, Liverpool, we, we generally stop the crosses, but you know, I mean, you have to be living under a rock if you don't know that Liverpool's game or part of their game is about putting crosses in with Alexander-Arnold and, and Robertson. So obviously Mourinho tweaked his tactics to stop that and it, it worked fairly well. But here, that was, I mean, Watford didn't make, put, put too many crosses in, so it's maybe a little harsh for me to say that, you know, we're back to that again. But that one certainly wasn't very good. Um, and Kat Tanganja, after the yellow card, was struggling. I think Nigel Pearson's a good manager. He's a good manager. Maybe not, maybe a, more of an impact manager, but he's certainly a good manager and he's got Watford playing now. He's got them playing really well. And they, he's given them confidence, so I'd be amazed if they got relegated. But I think Saar, who was really, really quick and tricky, I think their tactics were to give it to him quickly. Tanganja's on the yellow card, run at him. And and that's something I've never been able to understand. Like when we had Bale, when we had Lennon, you know, Walcott when he was at Arsenal, Vinaldo uh, at United. When he's up against the fullback and the fullback gets a yellow card, why? And the managers or the players not giving it to that player every single time they get the ball run at the guy who's on the yellow card you can either bring you down get sent off or we can't touch you and you you've basically got a free opportunity for a cross or a shot which is what Watford did really well they 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 targeted Tanganja and, and you know from their point of view why not and it's good tactics the issue that I have is that Sun was superb against Liverpool tracking back helping Rose out the threat of Alexander Arnold, but where was he in this game? You know, I mean that's not his game, so I'm, I'm under no illusions, and I, I'm adamant that the Liverpool game was because Mourinho told him to do that. Whereas in this game, he's possibly not been told. But 
Again, great players don't need to be told things. They know instinctively when to do it. So our left side, our, you know, against a better team, they've got joy there. Because they were constantly going down that side and constantly targeting him. And he can't make a challenge or, or he, he gets sent off. And he needed help. I mean, it took from about the 70th minute for Vertonghen to go out there. It wasn't on the yellow card. This was before the penalty. Uh, and then we kind of got some measure against it. And then Saar went off and then Tanganja goes out there again. But like, it, 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 was, it was happening from about 25 minutes in or, or whenever we got that yellow card, about 10 minutes after that. And it carried on. So, I mean, he's a brilliant tactician, apparently, Mourinho. He was against Liverpool, I have to say that. But, you know... Surely you can see that, that there's an issue there on that left side and they're targeting that. So why leave it so late? I don't understand that. But we did get away with it. But against better teams, Leipzig in the Champions League, we won't get away with it. Not at all. Especially if they target that. Um, but yeah. But we started just playing through the middle all the time, like I've said. And... and you know, it's just poor, poor, poor. Uh, Ali, again, absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. We'll talk about him a little bit later because of the uh, strop, let's say. But, oh, Winks, people having a go at Winks, again. I've got one little criticism, which I'll get to in a second. But, like, he's playing in a position that isn't his position because, for whatever reason, Dyer's not fancied in there. And Wanyama, who's match fit, just isn't fancied at all. But Winks is playing, like, in a position that he's not... I'm not sure if he's not comfortable, but he doesn't look as comfortable as when he's playing further up. And there was a bit in the second half, I think, but... Yes, second half. But he, he got the ball from the, from one of the defenders and he's passed the uh, Watford attacker and he turns back round. He could have just carried on. He could have carried on. The goal the, the goal that we almost had that was off the line was from him running with the ball forward and then passing toward it. But this time, he just turned back and passed it back to one of the defenders. So I don't know if that's because he's told to because of that defensive midfielder position or he's just lacking confidence in that position. And doesn't want to go too far forward. I mean, the, the one off the line was right at the end, so I guess it's do or die. But like, this one, he, he, he had the chance to go forward because he was past the guy. But he decided to turn around. That was just disappointing. But I think that's because he's not used to that position. If he played a bit further forward in the position that uh, Ndombele plays when um, he's fit and La Celso is playing, I think we'd see a lot more confidence there because he's more comfortable. the first half of the game uh, it sounded quite interesting there didn't it but the game wasn't at all uh, and the second half gets even worse but um, although there was a few incidents there and we have our goalkeeper to thank uh, but I'll talk about that in a second or in a, in a minute or rather uh, we'll call this half time uh, gonna make a cup of tea and be back in a bit and we're back so you all ready for another boring half review of a football game? Didn't think so, but here we go anyway. Uh, like I've said, it started off how the first half finished. So Watford with Saar on that left-hand, our left-hand side, targeting Tanganja because of his yellow card. 
uh, the Corvée gets an easy, well, a fairly easy chance. It was it, it was a uh, Celso who kind of put him off a little bit with a slight tackle, which meant he had to take an extra touch. But he was, it was a narrow angle-ish, and he was running quick. I think Gazaniga would have had it covered, but how did he not get it on target? But it's just literally you go in at half time, regroup, don't do anything silly. Well, minute in chance, and it's just you know. We used to under Pochettino play god awful in that first half. Really slow, really pedantic, or pedestrian rather, not pedantic. Come out in the second half, completely different team, quick, and then take it to the team. Now, it's just the same as the first half. I don't even know what's said in the, in the, the half time team talk. Like, pretty much nothing from what I can see. Uh, but Ali was unlucky with a header. I mean, but that is the only time really until the last 10 minutes where we we played wide and not try and play through Watford's middle where they've congested everything with all of the defenders and midfield. As soon as you get it out wide, Son's got space. He's got a little bit of space to put across in, sees Ali's run. It was it was slightly behind Ali, to be fair to Ali. It looked like a poor finish, but I think it was slightly behind him. If you look, he had to kind of crane his necks ever so slightly. If it was in front of him, he'd have been able to head that down. Uh, but it... That's where Ali is good. That's where Ali is good with the ball not at his feet, and when it's in, but when it is at his feet, it has to be instinctive. But that's where Ali is best making his runs. I, I think he's one of those players who is much much better off the ball than he is on it. Making those runs difficult to pick up, and and, and he does get some goals. And then that Crystal Palace goal from a few years ago was all instinctive. Super control there and a controlled finish, but it was all instinctive rather than having to think about it. But look at him now when he's trying to play passes. He plays lazy passes, terrible passes, hospital balls all the time. He, he can't pass the bloody thing. But like, I don't think that's his strength. The West Ham goal, I think Moore's goal, where he kept it in in the in from going out and then Sun raced onto him. That was instinctive. That was, oh, I've got to keep it in any way, which way necessary, I'll do that. So that's good. But you shouldn't, you know, if you can't do the simple things like pass it five metres to your teammate, you know, that, those passes happen all the way through the game. Whereas these little moments of brilliance and ingenuity only happen every now and then. So he's got to learn to pass the ball again. But he, he was... Absolutely shocking at that. Again. Again. I saw someone say that, you know, he's playing in the wrong position. He needs to be in the three behind the striker, which we don't have a striker, but bear with me. Three behind the striker in the middle and, and free reign to be able to run past a striker, which I do agree with. But even then, he's going to get the ball at some point and need to pass it. And I can't remember him in previous seasons being that bad at passing the ball. Honestly, can't. And, and you know, goes off, he's subbed, and he's not happy. No one really knows if it's it wasn't happy about being subbed or maybe just cheesed off with his own performance. But so let's go with that, that he's cheesed off with his own performance. And that's good, that someone's angry about being subbed off and not happy about playing well because they want to play well. That's good. If he was not happy about being subbed, then, <laughs> I'm sorry, but maybe relearn how to pass the ball and get involved in the game and actually, you know, contribute to your passing team, passing to your teammates, you know, then maybe he'll stay on. But we'll go with the the earlier one. 
and say that he was just cheesed off with his own performance and he didn't play well, which is good. But, you know, what I don't understand as well, in, in this modern day, it was the same with Loris's goal kicks as well. I mean, with that, they've got those uh, uh, metal outlines on, of, for players on free kicks, which they use on Soccer AM in that uh, Soccer AM program. You know, with Loris, with his kicks, you know, stick them on the halfway line, you know, one in the middle, one on the left, one on the right. Take your goal kicks and try and hit one of them. You know, that'll improve your kicking, you know. I mean, they train for a few hours a day, don't they? Maybe every day, yeah, but a few hours a day. And then you hear of the best, best players like Harry Kane always stays out shooting practice. Lampard always stayed out penalty practice. Beckham always stayed out free kick practice. Rooney always stayed out shooting practice. You know, there's nothing to stop Lloris staying out, you know, goal kick practice. There's nothing to stop Ali staying out pass practice. You know, all you need there is a coach or another player you know, you know the, the player passes to you and then runs towards you and then you've got to nick it past him and then pass it to one of those uh, outlines. It's not difficult, you know. And then, but they don't do it. And he, he's been shocking at passing for about a month now at least. You know, even when he was playing well, he was in the right position there, so I'll give him that benefit of the doubt that Kane was playing and he was playing just behind him. But his passing was still god-awful and he needs to sort that out because that's... Not good enough. Not good enough. Uh, we then had a little chance. Uh, Lamella, uh, again, handball claim. Not handball in my book. It just hit his hand rather than the other way round. Uh, but the, the pass to Lamella, I can't remember who it was from, was slightly behind him and on his on his right foot. So he had to readjust rather than hitting it straight away. But mm, should, have, should have done better, really. Should have done better. Uh, Gibson came on. Gedson Fernandez, he, he did all right, I thought. He was uh, making runs, looking to be positive. Uh, similar to like a Sissoko, but a bit further forward. Reminded me a little bit in the terms of play of a Paulinho, you know. He wasn't any good, but bear with me with this. Uh, but trying to get forward and make things happen. He got played through by Moore, and it was a good run by um, uh, uh, Fernandez there, you could see that he, he was looking up, saw Moore had the ball and then made a sprinting dart into the box, it was just Moore's pass was slightly behind him so he couldn't hit it first time, but he got it out of his feet and then put a cross in which got cleared now, this is the issue you have when you don't play a striker, a recognised striker uh, there's no one in the box, there's no one gambling you know Yes, Moore played the striker and he was the one who played the ball from deep, but you have other players that go into the box. You know? and, and generally what happens when you have a striker is other people gamble because they know the striker's deep, so someone else needs to be in the box. But he, he played that ball blind because he thought someone would be in the box. But you know, that, that's why we need a striker, either a new one or give Troy Power a go. You know? The game was crying out for a striker. Crying out. And we just don't have one. But we want power to sign a new contract. And Mourinho comes out in the press and says we don't have a striker at the club. Um, <laughs> that was me. I'd be going, OK, I'll go to a team where someone sees me as a striker. But people saying he's too young, blah, 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 blah. Michael Owen was 16 when he came in. And he wasn't exactly looking like the rock, was he? Like all chiselled and muscle man. You know? You know? I mean, you don't need to be like big and strong like that, but you get my point. Like he, he was he was small, he obviously had pace, so that was his game. 
Rooney, he, he hadn't bulked up when he was 16 and played, you know. And what's that all saying? If you're good enough, you're old enough. But, you know, we haven't got a striker. I mean, we were unlucky against Liverpool, but like we were super defensive in that game, but we had to be. But in this game, we, you know, looking back at it now, we didn't look like scoring at all. Some had a chance where he raced forward, which was good play by that. And then the shot, he snatched that. He hasn't been the same since that Burnley goal or the Chelsea Sinanoff. Uh, but, you know, it just needed a little bit of composure, which Sun usually has. So I'm not sure what's happened there. Maybe Chelsea sending off has affected him and he's uh, lacking confidence. But, you know, but a striker like Max Fernandez cross would have been in, in, in the box there. And it'd been someone for him to, you know, who would have gambled that Fernandez would be putting a cross in and would have made a run to somewhere, whether it wouldn't have been the right place or not, isn't the point, is that they would have tried to make something happen. With Troy Power, you know, we don't seem to be looking like we're going to sign a striker. We've got like, what, 12 days left. Uh, been linked to every striker in the world. You know, my, my choice would be Cavani, get Cavani in. And he, he'll at least put pressure on Kane when he's back, that if you don't play well, I'll come in. So it'll put pressure on Kane. Uh, Lorente I wouldn't be upset about because Mourinho's game plan is to hoof it long to the striker to hold it up and Lorente can do that which Kane struggled with that so but you know if you had Lorente up there you'd suddenly find that players like Sun, Moore or Ali would be running off him because they'd be confident that um, he'd win the flick-ons and you know I know it wasn't the Premier League but he in that second semi-final against Ajax he changed that game when he came on in that second half, he was winning absolutely everything. They couldn't cope with him in the air. So he would do a job for us and he'd get three months game time, barring injuries or suspensions. So he'd get his confidence back as he knows he's playing for quite a while. And he was happy to sit on the bench and be Kane's second fiddle. So we shouldn't have sold him or if we did sell him, which we did, we should have got someone in. But if we don't get anyone, stick Pallet in, you know? Mourinho says he's not ready. How does he know that? You know, every manager in the world has like said, "Oh, this player isn't good enough," or blah blah like that. And it turns out at least one of them makes meet their words. But you know, stick power in, see if he is ready. If he isn't ready, Mourinho's right, and he's given him a chance. If you know, and what have we lost? We haven't got a striker. We need a striker. We put a striker in. If he's not good enough and he doesn't work out, then at least we've tried and given him a chance to prove himself. But yeah, if it does work. You know, found another potential star on our hands. And then we've got someone to push Kane when he is back. And then Kane knows if he's not scoring, he'll come off. And it's someone in, in, in games that we should be winning when Kane's played like four games in a row and needs a rest, that, you know, you can rely on someone to come in. I don't see the, the, the negative, any negative in playing power. I really, really don't. And, and people may say, yeah, but he can't hold it up. Neither can Kane, neither can Moore, neither can Son. So it does, doesn't really matter in that respect. But like, just play him. You know, he's going to be hungry. He's going to want to succeed. He scored goals for the Republic of Ireland and the reserves like they're going out of fashion. Stick him in. But so I, was, I did see someone say on Twitter that he's injured, which if that's the case, then OK, fair enough. But hopefully when he comes back and is, is fit, he does get in the team. We desperately need a striker. Uh, but yeah, Lorentel would be all right with. But then again, you have the problem next season on who do you get? You know, but then hopefully then Parrot is um, ready. But like, if he's not going to play Parrot, send him on loan, get him some game time. Get, he needs to play. He needs to play. He can't just come in completely fresh. 
But anyway, that's my little rant on that. Uh, and then the big moment in this game, back to this Watford game. <laughs> Talking about a striker is probably more entertaining than the game, but anyway, this has to be said as well. Uh, the Watford penalty. What was Vertonghen doing with his arm up in the air like that? He got away with it, so you can maybe say, yeah, yeah, yeah he got away with it, don't worry. Okay, fine. But what is he doing with his arm in the air? It was a definite penalty. You know, it's not like it's down by his side and all that and it's hit his hand. He's got it about a metre, a, a half a metre above his, his waist. It's a definite penalty there. Absolutely stupid. Uh, and he's our captain. He, he didn't really complain. He knew. Uh, someone slipped over as well. I'm not sure if it was him and then he was trying to get up and then, but anyway, someone slipped over. But you can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. Uh, but the penalty was a terrible, terrible penalty. Good height. It was hard, but it was good height, not in the corner. But Gaznigo, who I've, who I've been critical of uh, for losing his games and losing concentration and making errors, he had nothing to do in this game really. But when he was called upon, he basically got us the point. So kudos to him. Uh, I still think that when uh, Loris comes back, he will be straight in the team. But Gazaniga did himself no harm in that game. And, and that's good concentration. That He had nothing to do, nothing to do, which is where I think Loris struggles. He had nothing to do, but when he was called upon, he didn't lose his concentration. Slightly different because it's not like a clear-cut chance that comes along from open play. It's a penalty, so he's got time to think about it. But he still did really well there. But Loris, they reckon, is, is back behind ahead of schedule. So hopefully we're not rushing him back. But, you know, he probably got the schedule of what he needed to do, looked at it and dropped it. And then that's why he's back ahead of schedule. But anyway. But at least Gazanik has got some time. And then um, he, he can be relied on. He makes the odd errors. But, you know, so does Loris. So they're about, about, about as bad as each other. So at least we've got some strikers not strikers, some good competition for goalkeepers there. And if Hugo isn't pulling his way, he's um, out and Gaznik is in. I expect it'll be interesting to see if Loris becomes captain. Uh, for me, it should be out of here, but anyway. Uh, Tanganja played well. It was good to keep a clean sheet. We've got to do that now against Norwich. Two in a row, get a win uh, at home. Please play Parrot. Please play Parrot. Make some more signings as well. Like Ericsson came on again, absolutely pointless him coming on. Absolutely anonymous. I love Ericsson and, and you know, he deserves a round of applause and, and, and our gratitude for what he's done in five years. Booing him last week, I'm not sure that was the right thing to do. I think that was a little disrespectful based on what he's actually done for us in those five years. There was a stage for two seasons where he played well, we played well. And, you know, he's partly responsible for us going from... Uh, Champions League wannabes to now in a final and, and not this season, but the regulars for four years in it. I'd be amazed if we get top four this year. Newcastle winning at Chelsea is just, thank God. Um, but yeah, so I not, shouldn't be booing Ericsson, but he wants to go. And Levy as well, like, you know, Inter Milan are offering this much. He wants that much. Just sod off and just let him go. Let him go. You don't have to get all the money that you ever want. You know, we should have had Grealish, but you can't pay two million when you're already paying 23. Like He's done brilliantly for us, Levy, in terms of taking us to that next level and st stabilising us in terms of money. 
but he's, he's too stubborn for his own good sometimes. But there's talk now that a company who own Google or, or, or an affiliate of Google are in for one of the bias, and then we become like Man City, just a bucket load of money. I'm not sure about that. At least we've got a, a bit of identity at the moment. Not that much of one we did with Pochettino, but you know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, so we need to buy some. I mean, Bruno Fernandes would be good, and it looks like the Man United deal has gone through. But like, I mean, we had the money to get him, and we didn't pay an extra so and so million. Where's that money gone? Uh, but when Ericsson goes, we will need that playmaker. Although, the Celso is looking quite a good player, I have to say. Played well against Middlesbrough. I know it was Middlesbrough. Um, no disrespect to him. But you'd be expected to beat a championship team at home. Uh, but he played well in that round of the game along with Lamella. Uh, and then this game had some good good moments going forward. And may maybe his passing isn't quite up to speed because he's not uh, to speed with the Premier League or match fit or, or played too many games uh, but maybe he'll be the one to replace Ericsson and Undumbele if we can get him fit he's a real good player as well um, so there are reasons to be optimistic not too many of them but I think this season may be a write-off but be interesting in this summer if we don't buy that many people in January what, what Mourinho does because he needs players he can't implement his style with a crop of players that we have at the moment he needs to make some signs but will Levy do that time will tell but for the moment, pick the same team. If you're not going to play Parrot, which it doesn't look like he is, I'm not going to sign anyone, which it doesn't look likely at the moment. Play the same team uh, against Norwich. Stick Ali where his best position is, with license to just run forward and pass the strikers, keep him off the ball as long as possible in the game, and, and let him do what he does best, which is running onto the ball and, and, and playing on instinct. Uh, and play, play wider, stretch the game out. Like Norwich are struggling, stretch the game out and play with a higher tempo. They're a team who are conceding goals uh, down at the bottom, bottom of the league. Play with a high tempo, take it to them and, and get that win. Get an early goal, settle everyone down and then go about your business. Keep a clean sheet as well. So that's what I'm hoping for in this Norwich game. But <laughs> we've seen this season, what you hope for and what you get are two completely different things when it comes to Tottenham this year. Uh, and that's the end of that absolute debacle that was that most boring game of the season. I mean, we're doing a real, real good job this season I mean, with this Amazon documentary of like, you know, what will be the worst game that we've had this season? What will be the most boring game that we've had this season? Current, current contenders for worst game of the season are the Brighton away 3-0, horrendous, and Chelsea at home 2-0 that I went to worst game I've ever seen live in my life. And I would go with that one because we had no shots on target. Uh, but this game is leading the way easily in most boring game of the season. But it all comes back to not having a striker. Uh, which isn't which isn't Mourinho's fault that you know he, he not playing power if he's fit is his fault, but he's been left with a squad that's only one main striker really. Uh, but I've said before, it's going to be difficult to buy a striker who wants to come and is happy to play second fiddle, who isn't going to be retiring in a year. That's where Levente fits the bill at the moment. Uh, Cavani, he'll be playing in the Champions League if he's not cup-tied, which he might be. Um, but if we don't get the Champions League, which I'm pretty sure we won't, I can't see us getting top four unless we do buy people in January or Mourinho changes his way of playing and... and 
uh, yeah, at the moment I can't see it, but you never know, football always has a way of surprising you, so let's see what happens. But first up, first things first, Norwich, like I've said, quick tempo, put Ali in his best position if you're going to play him, don't play Ericsson. Let him just sit on the bench now and make Lacelso into his uh, his replacement if we're not going to sign anyone. Play quick, play wide, get an early goal. If power's fit, play him as a striker. Uh, and let's get back to winning ways and another clean sheet. So until then, uh, you know, like I've said, at L Talk Tottenham, if anyone wants to tweet any questions, uh, who, who they think we should buy in January in the next 12 days, uh, or any other thoughts Tottenham related. So until next time, uh, uh, back for that game after the Norwich game.